Oh my god, you've got no comprehension how complicated that was off camera. Morning! We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish... Oh, Legos happened! We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Look, guys. Oh. Look, it's like the Tutti Frutti. Remember Tutti Frutti ice creams? Like Tutti Frutti ice cream, look. Where do we put them? <gasps> it's a, what is that? Is that like a sling? Is that a sling? Oh, look, so many bits and bobs that just, oh, look, oh, look, I can't, I had a friend, William Bibley, and he built, he built, shelves and shelves of Lego characters and he created pulleys and ropes and oh, I was so jealous and wanted his and he had does anyone remember the little Lego man that had the little he had like a he was like a spaceman he was the first spaceman and he had like a star I remember the star on his chest and I remember thinking oh my god he's got him on his chest. he had like a Saturn Saturn Saturn, he had Saturn on his chest. Anyway, so he literally had eight, six le levels and levels and levels and levels of Lego. And this was prior to the days when you got, you know, little books like that that tell you how to do it. And he just constructed an entire world. And I had to punch him. I was so jealous. I did. Is anyone else doing Lego this Christmas? Della. I thought we'd go to the extra yard of putting the Christmas tree behind you. Your mic is echoed. Ah! Is that better? Is that a better mic? I've just turned it off and I've just turned it back on. Sorry, I had my headphones in just to add to another hole. Oh, Nads is over there. She's just sitting over there. She's snorting things. I don't know what she's doing. Um, so did you get any of that chat about um, punch that genius? Punch him. Exactly. Oh, bless him. He was incredibly creative. Is that better? Could you hear me earlier or do you need me to go through the whole shtick again? Sorry if you're listening on podcast because then the whole experience of listening on podcast is a nightmare. Love escaping to the Lego world with our And now Anne-Marie Shellard. I love Lego, but Legoland was a bit shabby, I thought. It was a bit sticky. It was a bit, ooh, sticky, sticky, sticky. Did you not find that? I thought I was a bit disappointed. I like the tiny little Lego people. I just love the complexity. I love the fact that they, sorry, I've just gone off on one. Morning, Ellery Jones, thank you so much. You've gifted a membership. Someone's going to receive a membership from lovely Ellery. That's incredibly kind of you. Festive, festive good cheer. Nessie Jeff, received my card and the men in the house feel loved. Thank you. Nessie, chin chin. You're not named after the Loch Ness. I'm not suggesting for a minute you're, I mean, but Nessie, is it Nessie as in Ness? Loch Ness? MeTube, you have a rare Lego Hulk. City Police Lego, Steph Schultz. What do you think of Steph? What's your favourite Lego? I love a Lego Spaceman, Minky Moo. Exactly. Gabrielle Minky, uh, Minky? Uh, Mental Marky's been on a bit of a sabbatical this year. He's just not been great. He's not been great. I, I, keep, I send him texts every now and then, but he just doesn't get back to me. Um, take care of yourself, Hazel. 
Anyway, so it's the papers, and I've had an absolute technical nightmare this morning, so all my headlines have... So what's happened is, this is going to be like the random headline generator, and we're gonna, I'm going to click on a screen, or I'm going to click on an image, and then the headline that comes up, we're going to have a chat about, because what I'm looking at right now bears no relationship to what I'm looking at down there. Who knows what defines... Oh, let's have a look. Katie Travers, my son is getting Lego for Christmas. He always asks for Lego for his birthday and Christmas. I think... It's not a stretch, is it, to equate Lego to puzzle? I think we have to convince now. Nanny Die liked a puzzle. I always thought puzzles were pointless because you sort of made them and they weren't the real thing. There was no inventiveness and it was just the act of doing it. But it's mindfulness, isn't it? But maybe Lego is a slightly more sort of satisfying version of a, of a, of a puzzle. I mean, Lego is a puzzle, isn't it? Uh, how about Harvard calling plagiarism as duplicative language? I don't know. That's I'm in Lego mode. That's made me think of Duplo. Oh, look, there she is in the background. Leave my hat alone. Bye, guys. Yeah. Nadia doesn't like Lego. She's not a Lego fan at all. Like no, you don't. Don't pretend. Don't lie. Don't lie. Don't try to pretend to be more festive than you are. She doesn't like construction. No, the words with instructions. Oh, with instructions. Well, like like <laughs> yeah. Nads, we'll buy you some Duplo. I'd love to see what your mum just created off-piste without a gap, without a, without a book, without a guidebook, guidebook, guidebook. Anyway, that's enough. I hate the little bits of Lego. What like this, like this one? They're really annoying, aren't they? Uh, especially when you stick loads of them together and then you can't get them, and then you really hurt under your nail. Do you get that? Oh, bloody nightmare. It's fabulous until you step on it, Steffi Quinnon. Okay, so let's have a look. What do you, what was I asking just a minute ago? White Christmas? No. What do your baubles say about you? What's your favourite kind of bauble? Yay, Elaine, you've got your card. You're feeling, you're feeling super pumped. Oh, Nad. There's a bloody fly in my coffee. Bloody hell. Poor my, I feel sorry if he's looking at me with that sort of gimlet eye going, I've died. Um, bare feet, what's your favourite kind of bauble? There's a bauble, sewing machine bauble. Sewing is my happy place. What do your baubles say about you? That's what I want to know. Let me find the story. I've got the story here somewhere. Uh, uh, what does your bauble say about you? You can buy, don't you think it's a bit silly that you can buy, what's it doing? The backstroke. What? What's what doing the backstroke? Uh, oh, sorry, the fly. <laughs> no, he's on it. He's, he's, he's literally, oh, he's, he's in a terrible mess. Um, I like a variety, such a letdown. So what does your choice of Christmas bulbs say? A bit of fish and chips or a cake mixer? Mini versions of household favourites to eat and drink. It's like sushi. It's like a, a sushi bauble. Why? Do you think there should be some kind of Ofcom regulation disallowing baubles to be made of a certain type of thing? Let me show you this one, which is a one of our one of our classics, one of our absolute classics. This is the Tiger King, for example. Now, I'm of the opinion that Tiger King here, they've used the same mold that they used for Queen Victoria holding a scepter. Because look at his hair at the back. And they've just added a tash. It's got the same jaw. That's Queen Victoria. 
We need an off offcom. We need off bulb. We need we need off bulb to monitor. It'd be a nan. We didn't do it this year because we did it last year. And one thing we don't like to do for some of you naysayers is repeat the same old shit thinking there'll be a different outcome. Because there won't be. This will be the same vlogmas. Anyway, now we went to Liberties last year. There's all sorts of stuff like cassettes and and just things that aren't Christmassy. Like, you know, you get sellers. I mean, I think people with baubles who make baubles just look around and go, oh, yeah, let's do a selfie stick bauble. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Let's do, oh, I've put a do a shoe bauble. I mean, it's quite literally like that, isn't it? Let's do, do you know what I mean? But you'll see in the vlog, I got, Nadia got a rather sweet little bauble. Look at my deflated reindeer hat. That reindeer hat behind that there has brought happiness to Londoners. Do you know that? I'm not saying I have. I'm saying it has. Just wearing it has made people smile. So what do your bauble say about you? I think you're like a slice of pizza bauble. What's that about? Come on. Come on. You can't just slap anything with a bauble. What's that man looking at? Look at this. This is astonishing. This man has created three, the three kings in the eye of a needle. What do you think of that, guys? Uh, micro sculptor Willard Wigan has created the three wise men in the eye of a needle. He used, wait for this. Sorry, if you're listening on podcast, this is really frustrating. He used an eyelash to decorate the nativities kings along with camels that are smaller than a full stop. Three little kings artwork. His camels are made from nylon, while the crowns are 24 karat gold and a starry background is provided by microscopic glitter. That is quite something. But you can't see it. I mean, he can't see it. If he's pretending he can see it, he can't see that. But it's quite amazing. I do remember years and years ago, we went, I think we were in Girona, and there was a kind of exhibition of all sorts of stuff like that micro sculpture oh look here comes the sun here comes the sun little darling right why have i put this image up why we dream of a white christmas just like the ones i used to know let the fairgrounds glisten and children listen to so this is um, why, why are we obsessed with snow at Christmas? Why? It has to come from the fact that Santa lives at the North Pole, right? But apparently, back in the 90s, this is a piece written by a meteorologist, Craig Snell, not the one who does the fingers, who gives the middle finger. Um, apparently, in the as, as recently as the 90s, get this, it was someone's job on Christmas Day to stand on the top of the metro... On, to stand on the top of the meteorological office, waiting to see if there was a snowflake that landed. And if one snowflake lands, that's officially called a white Christmas, which I think is rubbish. So apparently in the UK, it's officially been a white Christmas if a flake of snow lands anywhere within the British Isles, which is a load of old nonsense. And this is no disrespect to Scot Scottish people. You've got too much snow all the time. That's not what it's about. For me, a white Christmas is when you open your back door and you can't get out because of thick snow in Croydon. That's a white. That's a white Christmas. I don't. I can't think of a, there be, ever being a white Christmas. Do you know what I mean? I think that I. I don't know why it's rubbish. The idea of one snowflake. That's not enough. 
It's not, it's not so Gillian Simpson. What, so if it's snowing in Aberdeen, so what, we've had a white Christmas? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, this is where we get into kind of weird orders. Now, 1978, was that it? Was that the last time? Okay. Who's excited about Doctor Who? Let's face it, Christmas is a time to sit in front of the telly and bemoan the fact that nothing original's on. Hey, Leo, don't you think? Yeah, but you live in London. I know, but for me, the barometer of a white Christmas is if it's a white Christmas in London, it must be a white Christmas everywhere. No? Is that not right? Who likes Doctor Who? So anyway, so we're all going to sit around the telly. Well, I don't think we are. That's the thing. I don't think we are going to all sit around the telly. This is a misnomer. It doesn't happen anymore. Shared viewing. And in a minute, we're going to talk about the BBC talking about, it's what people want. People like the same thing all the time. No, they don't. People don't like the same thing all the time. If all you give them is the same thing all the time, they're going to watch it. It's like I always remember saying to a commissioner years ago, you've got 100% of viewers. And if you broadcast literally a pile of poo steaming on every channel, you'll be able to say that 50% or a certain percentage watched each channel. You can't draw from that that they enjoyed it. You just know that they watched it. Anyway, here's the thing. It's the new Doctor Who. And I'm excited about this. The girls tell me that this guy is an incredibly good actor. Uh, he's from Sex Education, is that right? Unkuti Gatwa. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Unkuti Gatwa. Uh, he's the new Doctor Who. Um, it's obviously going to be very much playing towards strong LGBTQ+. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure what the all the letters are there that one, one says these days. Um, but you know that our intentions are all right. Um, it's, uh, what does he say? The... Da, 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 da. Um, it's part of the reason Doctor Who has such a huge connection to LGBT people. We choose our families and the Doctor is a lonely wanderer looking for their next adventure. So Nkuti Gatwa has likened the Doctor, the Do Doctor Who's life experience, to what it means to be a gay man on their own, looking for the next adventure, being a gay man. Many a gay man could des be described this way. It's a beautiful, beautiful theme Doctor Who has because chosen family can be more meaningful, more supportive that really can be the case. And when he said that, that quote, is it Shuti? It's, oh, is it not Unkuti? Shuti Gatwa. There we go, Shuti Gatwa. Thank you so much, Amfran. Hope you well. Mwah. Merry Christmas, Squire. Um, Shuti, Shuti Gatwa. I liked that equa equation. Equation? Equating. I like that sort of way of viewing the Doctor. Doesn't mean I'm going to watch it, but I, I like that. But are you, are you Doctor Who fans? I tell you what Doctor Who needs to do. Doctor Who needs to go really dark. It needs to go seriously twisted. It needs to be... Oh, Mitri, that's interesting. Doctor Who was originally created as an educational show. It's partly a return to the original mission. I think it needs to go full grown up. I think, you know, we, my generation always talks about, oh, I hid behind the sofa. I don't know how many of us did hide behind the sofa. But, you know, with the Daleks and the Cybermen and all that kind of stuff. And that strange, is it Davros? Who sat in the chair with the kind of pointy nose. I think if it went so dark, it it gave us heart attacks. I think it would be good. I love David Tennant. Now, anyone here with youngsters, pause, because we're going to talk about Santa. And one thing I don't like is a naysayer. But The Guardian has run a piece today, so pause, pause. You might want to pause this. This isn't, it does have an age warning on all of this. So any youngsters, don't be. Uh, this story in The Guardian is Santa's Little Doubters. There are a few of them out there. Study pinpoints the average age when children, some children, stop believing. Um, and what have they said here? They've said that the average 
age uh, that children stop believing, um, I thought I found it earlier, uh, is, I think it's older than you think. Have identified the average whilst most adults fall through the to better understand the 15 year olds. They interviewed 48 6 to 15 year olds and they found that disbelief gradually starts to creep in around the age of eight. Sorry. Um, though some three or four year olds have convinced themselves that Santa was not real. To- I mean, you know what? There are always smart asses, aren't there? And I say this about kids. You'll see when I was in town yesterday, I came across many, many little toddlers. And just because they're toddlers doesn't mean they can't be smart asses. I came across a particular smart ass yesterday called Bosch. His name was Bosch. And I think he was called Bosch, as you'll discover in the uh, Vlogmas, because he boshed everything he saw. So, of course, there are always little doubters. There are all those, those little doubting Thomases or Boshers. And, and Miriams, who sit there and go, nah, how does it work? Where does he go to the toilet? And all that kind of stuff. But apparently the average age is eight. I remember being horrified, horrified, as I heard my nan and my mum discussing things that I didn't want to hear at the age of seven to this day in the other room. They were going on about something, and I was like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. I don't want this to be the reality. But, of course, it wasn't. Ignore those doubters. Hayley, Mer- Hayley Marie, my nine-year-old, still believes. What do you mean, still believes? I still believe. Um, it's hard, though, isn't it? In this, sort of, in this multimedia informational age, it's hard. Uh, if we, I, I just thought I pulled this one because I just wanted to show you this. If, you've got, if you're in any doubt that our mainstream media or parts of it are so spectacularly out of touch with the real world, check this out. This image here is accompanied by the headline... No one does festive cheer like country folk. Uh, and that's them all going on a fox hunt. Just in case you're wondering whether our regular baiting of the telegraph is appropriate. Now, let's get on to this. Look at this. Ghosts of Christmas past haunt the BBC listings. What are you going to be watching on Christmas Day, guys? What are you going to be watching? Tell us. Because I've gone through the Radio Times and I'm telling you something now. It looks very much like the Radio Times of 1993 and 1976 and 1988. Here's a selection, Morecambe and Wise. Look at that, 28 million watched in 77. Eastenders, 20 million in 86. Only Fools and Horses, 21 million. Gavin and Stacey, 11 million in 2019. I have to say, I was on my own. I thought the last Gavin and Stacey last year was shit. I thought it was awful. I just didn't think it was very funny. Um, now... What the Bieber saying here is, and I want to ask you a question. The Bieber saying, because if you look at the festive specials on this Christmas, you've got Strictly Come Dancing, Call the Midwife. I mean, I'm not saying it's not good, but Mrs. Brown's Boys. But the corporation head of content has defended the lineup, saying research has shown that audiences want more of the same. Are they right? Do you agree? Or do you like us? We go, we go hunting, streaming. We go streaming, hunting. Festive specials. Charlotte Moore says, "What we give people for Christmas is based on what we know they love." Is it? But is it? Or are you just willfully saying that's what people love because that's the only choice you give them? If you only give them a choice of a few things, you're going to make, you're going to draw, you're going to extrapolate from that the idea that they like it simply because people watch it. So just like last year, Christmas Day on BBC One will feature a Julia Donaldson Christmas story followed by the King's Christmas broadcast. I'm already bored. The evening will have Michael McIntyre's Christmas Wheel. 
Are you having a laugh? Call the midwife, EastEnders, and the first of two festive editions of Mrs. Brown's Boys. The only difference this year is an episode of Doctor Who, the first featuring, as we just discussed, Shooty, thank you, and Fran Gatwa. They're all new episodes of what we know are the audience's favourite shows. I ain't going to be watching Diddly Doodoo of any of those, I'm afraid. I'm going to be drinking... I'm not going to be drinking Prosecco. Okay, Prosecco Wars. Stop abusing term Prosecco for any old bubbly, Italians say. Here you have a British fizz, British Prosecco, which is both more expensive, I think, and, uh, yeah, and but stronger in alcohol. Um, and why would it be more expensive if you're not importing it? So I guess to stop abusing the term Prosecco, an Italian consortium has warned British drinkers to stop using it. In a poster being displayed on the London Underground, a picture of a barrel is featured along the word, side the words, this is not Prosecco. Do not call it Prosecco. It is just a common effervescent wine. Wow. God almighty. So the Italians are so outraged about Prosecco, they've put an advert on the London Underground. Bloody hell. Imagine that. Imagine if you put an advert out and don't call it beer. Imagine getting that cross. Someone made a bit of a mistake. Uh, there's no relationship, actually, between that headline at the bottom and this picture. Um, driver had a lucky escape after ploughing into this house uh, in Stratford. The person inside was less lucky. Uh, they got injuries. Look at that. Talk about parking the car wrong. Look at that. Um, and beneath that, you have got the story of cocaine epidemic as Britain's become second biggest users. Uh, high pro So the highest use of cocaine is in Australia, um, followed by the United Kingdom, followed by Austria. Do you think it's because they're surrounded by snow? UK's coke high, says the sun. Uh, Britain has the biggest proportion of cocaine use, apparently in middle England, in all the suburbs. If you, if you turn the volume down of your dishwasher, you can hear, it's not people haven't got a cold. They're up to all sorts of naughtiness. Figures for England and Wales suggest that more than a, mil more than a million 15 to 64-year-olds take coke every year. Wow. Ellen, that's how you park sober. Does anyone want to see that? That's quite, quite something, that parking, isn't it? Look, let's just go back to that. And as I say, Christopher Cundall, hello. Oh, Christopher, yes, yeah, so you're, you're ratifying that. Yeah, you're ratifying. You're confirming what, we, what I'm saying, Australia. Drugs are rife here for some reason. No idea why. I think drug, I, it's got to be to do with some kind of dissatisfaction, right? Okay, things are going to get saucy. Things are going to get saucy because the sun has re revealed, the sun is revealing their, fest, their readers' festive fantasies. <laughs> yeah, you might want to, you might want to lock down something, I think. Cocaine epidemic with hankies, Bonnie Delaney. I wonder if Kleenex make a killing when people are being a bit terrible, dark, dark humour, sorry. Okay, here we go. So let's have a look at what some of the things are. Do you have a higher sex drive at Christmas? 39% say yes, 61% say no. And I can understand that. You just kind of want to flop, don't you? In every, in every sense of the word, you just want to flop. You just want to have no demands made of you. Um, not all the time. Do you have more adventurous sex at Christmas? 29% say yes. 71% say no, there's no time. There's too much rapping. There's too much, you know. But when, you, when they do, when they do, what do you do? Well, top of the, top of the thing is role play, which is possibly why I have a, 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 an unlimited amount of hats, jumpers, uh, lederhosen, you name it, all that kind of stuff. Fantastic. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so what do you do? Four plays, 32%, sex outside, 34%. Food play. I'm not feeling Christmas food is particularly sexy, do you? Brussels and all that kind of, maybe Dina would quite like that. Which sexy gift have you bought a partner for Christmas? Lingerie, obviously. Sex toy, obviously. Handcuffs, a sex board game, um, and kinky advent calendar. Oh, ticket to a sex party. Good God. None of the above 55%, vast majority. These numbers aren't necessarily stacking up. Um, which kinks would you like to try over Christmas? Top, sex outside. Next, role play. And then it moves into all sorts of darkness and incredibly romp with a sex bot down there at 5%. Do Christmas songs put you in the mood? That's a clear no. Maybe 13%. Yes, 13%. And I've clipped off the other, which must be, let's work it out, 26, 74%. Say no. And finally, have you worn a sexy Santa outfit for your partner? I've tried. I've tried. She hasn't noticed. Um, but uh, do you want to chat up a colleague? Well, no, thanks. If you're single, do you have more Christmas one night stands? 82. That's good to see. Moral certitude. Big 82% no. And does Christmas food act as an aphrodisiac? Are you having a joke? Stuffing your face with Christmas tuck doesn't make anyone feel. Have you seen images of British households after their Christmas dinner? Um, so, and on that note, here we have uh, the turkey swizzler. Butcher leaves dozens without Christmas dinner. A butcher has slung his hook, leaving dozens of customers without a turkey. One 80-year-old who spent £120 on a bird had to fork out £100 for another. Outrageous, isn't it? People do this. So terrible. One customer who didn't want to be named said, it's disgusting. He was taking right money up until the day he shut. What a turkey swizzler. This story is on the front of the sun. Happy birthday, Carol. Carol, Carol Naismith, happy birthday. Hope Ken's looking after you. Have a good one. Have a knees up, responsibly, obviously. Does anyone else find this story odd? I mean, I'm delighted for him. I hope he's well. I hope he's, I've got no, no but there's something about this that feels so stage managed, the whole thing. I, I just, I just can't quite get my head around it. So but there he is. Alex, my only friend was Harry Potter. He read books 20 times while on the run. Bless him. Bless him. Lifestyle choice, not of his own. This was disappointing, but one can't draw too much from a moment. This is a chap who's waited something like 10 years, is it, to have a selfie with Elton John? I love Elton John, but he doesn't look very happy there, does he? Uh, and then he signs something. But you know what? The, the tragedy is, is that here we asked a million and one times, and if he's having a bad day, he's having a bad day. I mean, okay, maybe he could have sort of said, all right, after 10 years, I'll give you a bit of a smile. But there you go, you know. And look, just above him there, chocky, shocky, Treats are up more than 50% as makers blame soaring costs. Um, I don't know. Does anyone else? I don't feel very chocolatey this year. And I can't find the Nutella. Worried he might search his suitcase, maybe. Oh, Edward Bevington, what are you saying? Uh, are your freckles from your mum and dad? Take a test to find out. Family foibles, it could be freckles or hair colour, eating habits or dancing ability. We all curse our parents for our least favourite features. Mums and dads can be just as bad, spotting their little darling, achieving something impressive. Many can't help but call out. Oh, she got that from me. I can tell you this right now. In separated homes where parents split, all the bad attributes uh, align with the person who's left or isn't there. And all the best attributes persist with the one who is there. It's fraud. 
Uh, yeah, this is the idea that uh, Family History Site Ancestry has launched a kit that can show you which parent influenced um, particular physical and behavioural characteristics where they came from. I don't know if we want to know all this, do we? I mean, imagine being able to say, Dad, you're the reason I've got a strange mole on my testicle. I think freckles. I love freckles. I love freckles. Um, but I don't like chocolate pennies. Does anyone else like chocolate pennies? Own brand chocolate coins may taste better. According to who? According to who? Some people like that weird, what's the American chocolate called, which tastes off? For many, they are as much part of Christmas as mince pies and turkey. Has anyone else ever tasted a nice chocolate penny? I haven't. This next headline, I'm just pulling up because I just, I, I, I love this for not the obvious reasons. Okay, so Banksy, uh, Banksy did a, uh, a, a bit of graffiti on a stop sign in Peckham. Um, quite swiftly, someone came along to pull it down. But what I think is quite funny about this quickly, is this must have been a real complicated one for the Daily Mail to report. Because, because on the one hand, they're trying to suggest, look how bad this is, that he's nicking this, this Banksy, which presumably will be Hershey's, thanks, Sarah Fox, which will be worth a fortune. But at the same time, what are they saying? That graffiti is okay? Ooh, Daily Mail angst. What do we criticise more? Banksy. Oh, so is the Daily Mail supporting graffiti? Is that what you're saying, Daily Mail? Or not? He's made no. He's made no attempt to hide his identity. I think he's going to struggle to sell it, though, don't you? And I'm sure that the bylaw here will be stealing a stop sign. But could he have just been taking it away to repair it? And finally, 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 on this Christmas Eve Eve, look at this. At last, Christmas Wham! Classic. Finally, Christmas number one. After 39 years, after 39 years, Wham's last Christmas has finally reached number one. I can't quite believe that it hasn't got there before. And you know what? As I was looking at photographs of uh, and Andrew Ridgely and, uh, and, and him, I was thinking, oh, was it innocent in the 80s? Was it more innocent? I think even not innocent in the 80s was more innocent than now. Do you think? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's just through rose-tinted glasses. Anyway, wasn't it Band-Aid that kept it off number one originally? Was it Vicky waiting? There you go. Anyway. All right, team. Well, there you go. There's your last festive weekend papers before Christmas. Um, there's no curly cooks. No, Dina's just become a complete knob. Uh, you've got some incredibly arresting content in the final vlogmases. Um, and, yeah, so there we go. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely – I hope you've got, got everything – we, have to, we are in the process of discovering what we haven't got, but I'm sure you're going to find everything out as Vlogmas land. So, guys, have a lovely, lovely Saturday. And Nanny Dai, can't wait to 